Hello, I'm Keith. And I'm Elizabeth. And, to- and together... Oh, hang on. Okay, got it. No, keep it going. Keep it going. Don't turn it off. Hi, I'm Keith. And I'm Elizabeth. And together... together we have... Uh, boots. I'm getting it. Okay, one more time. <laughs> Hello, I'm Keith. And I'm Elizabeth. And, and together, together we, we have, have muddy boots. We have. Have we? <laughs> well, we're going to do both. We're going to try have and we'll try are. All right. Ready, set, go. Hello, I'm Keith. And I'm Elizabeth. And, and together, together we, we have, have muddy boots. <laughs> now, if you've tuned into this podcast, we can assume you enjoy spending time in your garden. And there's also a good chance that one of your family members is a cat or a dog. We love our cats and dogs. Or perhaps you're thinking of introducing a pet into the family and wondering if your garden is going to survive. And no matter how lovable our pets are, they can make a mess of our precious garden space. However, it is possible to look after our pets and our garden at the same time. And here is how it's done. Keith? Hello. Hello. How are you going? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Good. I remember you telling me that you have actually recently finished a design for a client who has obviously a very loving cat. Is that right? Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful little story actually. The um, the mum and dad bought the daughter who has profound hearing difficulties right. a cat for her to adopt and look after, yep. and the cat has hearing difficulties as well. Oh. So it's a real, you know, marriage, I guess, for, yes, um, you know, for the two of them. Story. It's a love story. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Yeah. So my client approached me and said, look, we're going to put in an enclosed area for the cat to get out into and enjoy the garden space because the regulations now state that you can't just open the door and let your cat get out there because they will kill everything that they find. Absolutely. I have a part-time job at a local council and many, many of our calls are about cats that are roaming and getting into neighbours' gardens and making, you know, trouble. Hell of a, hell of so a So it's dust, but our, that particular council, I think it's from dusk till dawn, they need to be confined. So that means a cat enclosure, doesn't it? Is that right? That's right. So that's what these people have done. So they've got a, an area outside their kitchen where they've got a little cat door that goes out and then it's it runs between the side of the house and the fence so it, it is totally enclosed with wire, so the cat is just totally confined to that particular space. So that's up right over. It's like a roof as well. It'd have to be. It's I mean, up, yeah. Up, up. That's, can't a commitment. that's a commitment to get a cat because you have to build this enclosure, really, and it has to be big enough for the cat to have a life. That's right. It's gonna, yeah. and It's dedication, which is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, true. So my role then became to find plants that were going to be suitable for the cat um, mm-hmm. Because there's lots of plants that, that you know, if the cat chews them, it's uh, the cat's not going to be around for long. Oh. So it's it's a matter of then sourcing those types of plants that um, we know are cat friendly, and then you expand that with sorts of things that make it more interesting for for the cat. So. Mm. They need to have things that might attract butterflies, for instance, or flies or bees or whatever else that, that come into the garden because yeah. that's something that they like to do. They like to hide. Chase. They like to pounce. They like to do all these Climb. sorts of things. Climbing is yeah. very important. So, and I have to say the one plant I can think of immediately is catnip. Catnip, which they absolutely adore. Yes. You know, so so the, the brief was find plants that were going to be suitable for the cat, non-toxic. Um, they had to have somewhere for the cat to climb. 
and they had to be plants to stimulate the cat. And as you said, the cat mint is one of those things that will stimulate. Mm. Then we had to have plants that would relax the cat as well. Oh, um, wow. And areas to play, pounce and stalk. Gosh. Yeah. That would have been a quite fun. I think that would have been a bit of fun. Did you well, enjoy that one? I did enjoy doing that one. Yeah. yeah, I did. It was a good brief. Mm. You know, so we had to find soft landing areas for the cat. Yeah. You know, so if they do jump, we don't want them jumping and landing on hard hard no. concrete. So we had to have soft full mulch and so forth yeah. th- for them to uh, land on. Yeah. They had to be butterfly attractive. And then we had climbing poles, but rather than just a regular sort of pole, we, we decided that we were going to use timber, mm. trees, mm. And, and create these, you know, these beautiful natural sorts of um, areas for the cats to climb up and over mm. and then across to the other side and back down into the garden. Wow. You know, so it, it, was, it was really, really good. And then we had our areas where we could hang string off it because string with something attached to it. A little it, ball attached oh, or something. That, they would just love that for hours and hours and hours. When you say trees, you ha- so it has to be quite a small tree or a shrub within a mm. enclosed area, this enclosed area, correct? Or did you have that on the outside? No, the tree in actual fact was tree branches, so dead tree branches. Oh, okay. Just form this path over the top, across and underneath the, oh. the you know the roof and then down across the other side. I hope you have some great photos of this because we're going to have to show everybody these photos. So the sorts of plants that we design with the garden, you've already mentioned one, which is cat mint, which is cat one that the cats mint. just roll in and they get absolutely what's toxic, you know, in, in terms of, of making them delirious. They love it. It's that toxic for them. Now, there's cat, toxic. cat nip and cat mint. Yeah. What is the difference between the two? Um, well, the cat, the cat mint is, is the one that they like to roll in. Yeah. And the cat nip yeah. is one that they, they more, they can chew uh-huh. and enjoy it that way. Okay. So we've, the things that we've, we added to that garden was to give a little bit of height and some areas to hide. We put in some miscanthus, which is a, a tall ornamental grass. Yeah. You know, so yes, they had yes, somewhere yes. to crawl yes. in, in and amongst. Yes. And then we had things like asters. Yes. Spider yeah. plants. And then, of course, they enjoy herbs. So we had things like parsley, thyme, rosemary, oh, lemongrass. Oh, so these are the sorts of things they actually like to chew. Oh, isn't you know, that so it's, a, it's oh, their herb garden as that well. lucky cat. <laughs> and then to create a bit more interest for both uh, the cat and for the owners, we yep. put in some palms. Okay. So give a bit of a, a difference in you know, that sort of thing, and that depending on the type of palm, but they can climb quite happily. They can up on climb, those, or they yeah, can they can you know go up and the palm will bend over and, and they'll, they'll fall, fall back down, down and hit, the, hit the ground. Fun, fun, you fun. know. So fun, just fun, you know, creative yeah. areas for you know for the animals. That's all. That's actually been built. You've done that. That's completed been built that one. Now. Yeah, it's been uh, constructed. And have we now. had any any feedback? Has the Not cat? Yet. Okay, Not yet. we need to find out if that cat's quite happy, which I'm sure. It I'm must sure be. it will be. The other thing that I, I just want to talk about is that where you have a, a situation where you don't have that space for that cat to get out, it's a house cat. Yeah. So therefore, you've got to be mindful of the sorts of plants that you have indoors for mm. the for the cats as mm. well. Mm, of course. So, um, you know, we, we've got to be mindful of, of those sorts of things. So the sorts of things that will, will grow indoors really well for cats are the maidenhair ferns, mm-hmm. um, bird nest ferns, Boston ferns, parlour palms, uh, prayer plants. Prayer plants, yes. Prayer plants, yes. which are great. Yep. And then the one of the my old favourite was the one that nearly every household used to have, and that was the aspidistra, <laughs> the cast iron plant. <laughs> okay. Just brilliant. 
And then, of course, ponytail palms are another one that um, are cats, all good. So these plants are all great inside the house. Mm. The cat can enjoy all those mm-hmm. things and do it safely. Right, okay. And what about the plants that were the toxic plants? We need to perhaps cover those a little bit because there are probably many of those that we have to be careful about. There's probably too many to mention. Okay, well, we won't mention them. So just we be won't careful. mention them. Just, just Google. Google. Make sure you don't get yeah. them. All right, and a, well, another thing you didn't mention was the litter box, which is very important. Did you have a, a space for that out in this beautiful garden for this cat? It was, yeah. There was a, a, a designated place for it to go out there and, and do its business. A hidden spot for A it. hidden spot that was round the back of behind the, the miscanthus. So we could go behind the miscanthus, have the privacy that it deserves to do the business that it needs to do. Good to hear. <laughs> Good to hear. All right, now I'm very lucky because our dog is is fantastic. She doesn't. She well, she's very neat. She doesn't uh, do her business anywhere but uh, in a hidden spot in the garden. She doesn't make a mess of the grass. She is very well contained, very well organised. But I think she's one of few dogs can be a little bit messy and can like you know they love to dig. They really like to make a mess of the garden. So what can we do to stop that? Well. But but what you just told me, you've got the you've got the perfect dog. We have the absolute perfect <laughs> She's dog, a bit and noisy. I know her. She's a very noisy little thing. Because <laughs> you particularly feed in the her. morning when I go across and give her a bit of dried chicken, which you she do. she Can't has every morning. Screams for it, but yes, yes. So you, you, yeah, dogs. You've got to be mindful of of um, what sort of dogs. I mean, the bigger the dog, the more, more destructive mess. they're going to be in the garden. Yes. In terms of things that I was was always taught was. Um, a garden and a dog do not go together. Because, <laughs> together, no, because not you got, you the got, and the bigger friends. the dog, the, the more, the, the less the garden you're going to have. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to be very mindful about what you're doing. Mm. As every house faces onto a street, the one thing you need to need to sort of consider there is that space between the fence and where your garden bed starts, mm-hmm. because that's going to be a natural space for that for your dog to run up. And back and mm-hmm. along and all the rest of it. Mm. It needs to see what's going past. Yes. So it can very, very quickly turn that space into a, a muddy hole that's, yeah. you know, just hideous. Yes. So you need to sort of give that, give the dogs their little running tracker all the way around the, the, the front of the boundary. So they've got somewhere nice to look out, see what's going past and talk and do whatever mm, they do to the, mm. everyone going past. Mm. There's also the fact, though, that I mean, I know when we were, were training Tinker in the beginning, and, and uh, we had a trainer here who said, You really need to have your dog because our dog was a bit noisy and is a bit choosy about the dogs that she likes. Best to keep her out the back. So we actually fence, put a fence, sort of dividing fence out the back of our house. But, but I felt bad. I felt mm. like, Oh, she can't see. She needs yep. to be able to socialise. Exactly. So she doesn't use that area. She's too sad. So, I mean, that's another option if you want to keep, you know, have a sp- specific area for your dog to make that mess. Yeah which could be out the back. Absolutely. Know. So there's that option as well. So there's some wonderful plants that, that um, dogs can interact with as well, things like um, cl- um, clumping bamboo. That mm-hmm. is great for a, a dog to go and lie in the shade and and because it, it, it's continually dropping mulch onto the ground, it's a nice dry area for the dogs. Nice they bedding can, area for them yeah, to lie on, yeah, yes. bedding area. Shade is very important in summer. You know, they need to have a nice shady a nice spot. And they also spot. need a sunny spot to sit in as well. So exactly. designated areas if you can possibly work that out. Yeah, and things that they, they do enjoy are things like lavender, mm-hmm. rosemary, thyme, camellias, Mm-hmm. Magnolias. Camellias, really? Yeah, they love camellias and magnolias, crepe myrtles, fuchsias, mm-hmm. lilacs, viburnums. Lamb's ears. Lamb, they lamb's ears. Soft, they love to lie on that because it's nice and soft. Yes. Exactly. 
Yes. And then, of course, there are there are plants that you do not use in your garden if yes. you've got dogs. Yes. And one of those is one that we actually, as humans, use a lot medicinally, and that's aloe. Oh, really? So aloe is no good for dogs. It'll induce vomiting and will make them rather sick and cranky with diarrhoea and all that sort of stuff, okay. vomiting. and Yuck, not uh, good. Other ones that are no good for dogs, the colourful ones like the azaleas, the rhododendrons, um, their toxins can really affect their intestines. You have two plants at the front of your driveway beside your hedge. I'm trying yes. to think what they're called. They're called oleanders. Oleanders, oleanders. Now, yes. they're not good, are they? They're not good. They're poisonous. The they're very poisonous. poisonous. Yes. Every part of those is very yes. poisonous. Yes, 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 okay. Um, but we've never, never lost a dog there. No, and we have all of those, pretty much all of those plants you've mentioned. I think we've got some of, and luckily our dog does. Actually, our dog loves to eat grass. That's the really cheap, that's, that's all she loves to eat. And that's and that's great for their digestive yes, system. So that's a that's a positive. So some other ones they don't like. Yep, dahlias. Okay, got those. Uh, have I got any dahlias? No, yeah, no. Yes, you have tree dahlias. Oh gosh, well they're too high. Foxgloves. Yeah, yeah, all those. Daisies. All of those. I'm going to pull the whole Daffodils, garden out. <laughs> jonquils. Holly, oh God, hydrangeas, iris, use <laughs> wisteria. Can we please get on with the ones that they do like? Poor well, listeners are going to go. Those. Oh, well, we need more. <laughs> There's too many that they don't like. It's always good if you if you love your pets, do the research, mm. have a look um, for plants that that are toxic to dogs. Absolutely, um, and just Boy, base your garden on that, and that. keep an eye on that dog. Keep an eye on your dog, but also with design. Yes. As far as garden beds are concerned, because they love generally, as a rule, they love to dig. Mm -hmm. We need to put in hardy plants. We need to put in ground covers that will spread. We need to make it difficult for them to to find spots. So Mm -hmm. don't leave any open soil areas because obviously they're going to go straight for those to dig their bones in. We need to plant perennials close together so they've got something, like you were saying before, something to sort of, you know, to climb in or to to, to hide in, to have a bit of fun in as well. There were so many, as I'm just looking here, there are so many that you shouldn't buy, but there are so many lovely things. Like they love succulents too, I gather. Succulents are great for them. They do enjoy succulents as long as they're not in the aloe family. Exactly, <laughs> apart from the aloe, that's right. What about fencing? We talked about that. There's hedging is another is – a, is a, is Yeah, a good- hedging is not, is not going to be great for, for dogs because dogs will get through – get through a, a hedge pretty easily. They've got to have a physical, a strong physical barrier to keep them, okay. um, you know, in that particular so, space. Okay, good. So wooden, forget the hedges. Good wooden fence, okay. I mean, we've got a lovely big hedge across the front of our place, but our dogs are kept well back behind Behind that. there, that's yeah. true. Now what about our vegetable gardens? I think that we need to probably keep them up high. Well, that's, a, that's a, that would be bed. good if, you, if, you, um, if you're worried about the dogs getting into the garden into a vegetable garden because that's going to be the, the greatest friable soil for them to dig down and put mm. their bones deep into, <laughs> then get them raised and and, um, and 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 put some sort of a physical barrier around them just to keep them nice out because you don't want them fence. getting in there and, and pooing and all that sort of stuff because that's not good part of the food chain for us. People love their lawns. Yes. And, and dogs love uh, <laughs> doing their wee on the yeah, lawns exactly. too. Exactly. And if you've, if you've got a we've, – we've got a, a beautiful girl that um, can go out there and have a leak on the lawn and then on, three or four days later you've got this big yellow, yellow patch. Spot. Yes. And, and one thing you can do about that is, is to add a little bit of bicarb of soda into their water bowl uh-huh. and that will react with the, the acids that they're putting out. So uh-huh. that will stop that. That's a good idea. Um, and there's also little little stones now that you can you can buy, 
that you can put into into their drinking bowls as well. I saw something about zeolite minerals. Zeolite. I love zeolite. Yes, I know you do. That's why I'm mentioning it. Uh, so apparently yeah. they neutralize the nitrogen in the dog's urine. They do. It does. So that's something so that's something else yep. that you can actually buy zeolite yep. minerals apparently. Yeah, I use it a lot because um our little girl is a is a rescue dog. Um little trilby. She's little beautiful. trilby, she's gorgeous. Yes. She was from a puppy farm, so all she knew was concrete to live on, to pee on and poop on and all the rest of it. Mm. So she can be lazy. We have a paved terrace outside that is all castle main slate. Mm. And if it's raining or whatever else, or it's late at night when it could be big scary things up the backyard, she She'll poo or pee <laughs> on that beautiful slate. So I just cover the whole lot with zeolite. Oh, there you go. It absorbs the stink. Yes. In actual fact, once you can actually smell the ammonia in the zeolite and you know, that might be months and months and months of covering the, the urine, yeah. then that can go into the garden and that becomes ah. a slow-released fertiliser. Double benefit as, there. As a Double yeah. benefit. That is absolutely fantastic, yeah. isn't it? So that's brilliant. So there's lots of things you can do with your cats and your dogs. There certainly are. There certainly are. As we said, if you have a dog that is a problem, there is a way around, you know, having these issues. You you can have your beautiful garden and you can have your beautiful dog as well. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.